Hey everybody, welcome to C3 Films. Today we are doing It Wasn't That Good on Justice League. Uh, I'm Cheryl and this is... Chris. So let's get going. Uh, Chris picked this movie for It Wasn't That Good. I kind of really disagree. Uh, so this is going to be a lot of Chris telling me uh, what he didn't like and me being convinced or being really <laughs> upset. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Look, I am not trying to convince you and the same thing goes for anybody that is like watching this and in the chat and everything else. Like I'm not trying to tell you that if you like the movie that your opinion is just wrong. It's simply why I personally did not enjoy the movie. And I actually think that this is good that we're coming from two different angles because I come from a background of like the whole comic book storylines and like really watching the animated shows and watching all these comic book movies and then reading the comics themselves. And Cheryl, I think that you mainly watch like the comic book movies, but you don't maybe dive as much into like the animated shows or the, uh, or the comic books, right? Yeah. I watch TV shows and I watch the movies. That's it. So uh, I don't right. think I ever picked up a comic book. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I read one issue of Lobo. So <laughs> you of all the what? Wait, of all the comics you could have read, you've read one chapter of Lobo. That is so it was, interesting. It was How here. Let me explain. It was a homework assignment. <laughs> oh, okay. So now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that was just like that's so random. Nobody yeah. even says like their only DC comic they've ever read is Lobo. Lobo. <laughs> 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 but yo cool flex though because you know who lobo is and many people who only watch don't the even wouldn't. know who lobo is yeah. <laughs> so, the main <laughs> man come on now um all right so oh yeah i forgot to tell everyone uh spoiler alert if you didn't see it yet uh i mean i think it came out in 2017 17 don't know where you've been not having seen justice league but um go watch it come back and then you can hear Chris whine. I don't know if that's what you really want, but here we go. <laughs> Word. All right. Yo, no, I'm with you, Caboose. I am very curious about what Cheryl thought, but I, I think I can see why. Because at its base, there are good things in there. Um, for instance, for me personally, I like the opening montage, which I think the opening montage is very that uh, very Zack Snyder. When you go and you watch things like the the Watchmen opening montage or the Sucker Punch opening montage, like Zack Snyder does a really good job of opening movies with really cool soundtracks, really cool scores, and then really cool visuals to accompany them. So I like that. What I don't like is the fact that your opening shot of your movie is a CGI poorly rendered version of of um, Superman where his face looks weird and that's 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 basically the first sentence of your of your story that's your that's your opening thing and you open it with something that is really weak it doesn't bode well for the rest of your film that I would agree on uh, I I wasn't too big of a fan of that opening and um, I mean, I like the way all the characters were introduced, except mm -hmm. for Superman, I guess, um, because of that. I guess because, you know, he was 
we were starting the movie off with him being dead. Um, yeah. But also there was like a like a, a series of shots showing like civilians. And so I guess that my question was, is it just that they're saying that without Superman, there's more homeless people and crime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of those things like and it comes kind of with the disconnect that sometimes happens with this film. But what they're trying to say is that the world basically co- went into a collective depression when Superman died. And this, a lot of the failures in Justice League kind of come from the failures of establishing this universe as it is right now. Because unfortunately, we never got to see Superman really being accepted by the people that saved him. As the story goes, um, and spoilers for BVS as well, but as it goes, he is someone that is not accepted. People are questioning him and questioning like what his purpose is and if what he can do and what he should do. And that all is, I think, is very interesting. The problem is that with him dying, that is also the moment of his acceptance. And it doesn't fully work. It's almost like people loved him because he died for them and didn't love him before he died for them. And therefore, the dying for them makes it hurt more and so that is being brought into justice league and it's the entire premise is predicated upon this belief that the world loved and adored superman but so far in the general story for these three movies we've gotten we haven't seen it right so i actually uh and i told you this before did not remember uh the other movies (laughs) so i think (laughs) I think that helped me maybe like Justice League more. I don't know. <laughs> because I was kind of going into it as like a, it being like a standalone. Except for I was a little bit confused about why Batman thought he killed Superman. And I even went back to like watch a clip of uh, how Superman died. And I was like, no, he didn't. I don't know what he's talking well, he, he felt like he led to Superman's death because he was basically trying to kill Superman. Um basically the entire movie is how he's building up to the decision that he's going to kill Superman. And he almost does, but he's, he spares Superman because he realizes that Superman is, um, that Superman is another, is actually human. Superman is actually a person. He has a mother that he cares about. And Batman then has to look at himself and be like, Oh, like, what am I doing? I'm a, I'm a monster. But then right after that is when Lex Luthor releases doomsday. And then, Superman has to die to kill Doomsday. So there's a lot happening in BBS, which is unfortunate. But um, that's why Batman feels like he is responsible for the death of Superman, because his actions led to Superman eventually dying, even if he wasn't the one that killed him. Right. Okay. But yeah. It did Um, seem like, based off the fact that uh, Lois and Clark were married, that it seemed like this takes place a little bit later, like, years past so Since... that's the thing they actually never got married oh okay yeah and it's very briefly mentioned like it's this it's so weird because in the trailer they talk about there's this scene where he's saying oh i'll take that as a yes you know the ring but that scene's not in the movie at all but the only reference to it is when lois and um and martha kent are talking and she says, you know, I'm 
like she said, she makes a comment about being a mother mother in law, and then she quickly catches herself and she's like, oh wait, not that I was ever. And that's to tell you that's supposed to tell you that like oh they would have gotten married had he lived, but because he died, they didn't, and she was never got to be in a mother in law even though she felt like a mother in law. Right. Okay, well, what else is wrong with it? <laughs> what else do you like about this movie? Well, so let me let me also be clear that like there's some really cool scenes. Like I think I think wait the wait let's Wonder just Woman... start with mm-hmm. the bad stuff. Start with the bad stuff. Okay, okay. I think Danny Elfman's score is the one of the weakest parts of this movie. I feel like putting that de- bringing bringing Danny Elfman into this movie did not did not help it. The the music was weak, and it almost felt like he kind of phone, phoned it in. There wasn't there wasn't anything that really stood out about the soundtrack and the score, except for like little samples of the animated, um, the animated television themes that were also in those Superman and Batman movies that kind of like got carried over. There's like hints of it here and there, and then and it's just to like try to pull on your nostalgia strings. But besides that, the rest of the score is forgettable. I definitely agree with that. We did, we did get to hear like Wonder Woman's theme, and I think I heard Batman's theme and Superman's theme, and even the Flash had a theme too. Um, but they were all really brief, and they were also all already made before by someone else. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing about and like I like Wonder Woman's theme. I know some people don't, but Wonder Woman's theme uh, it stands out. And regardless of how you feel about Man of Steel or BVS, the fact is that the score by Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL is one that stands out. It's one that you can remember. It is one that evokes certain emotions. And those emotions fit with the theme for what Snyder was trying to create for his universe. And unfortunately, in Justice League, since it's done by two different directors, you have somebody who is more pulled towards making a dark toned movie and having a score that reflects that. And so therefore a lot of his scenes will be that way. But then you have this kind of generic score that plays on top of these serious scenes and it loses, it loses the punch. It's almost like the score wants to be in a, a lighter movie than what this actually is. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. I wasn't very impressed with the music from, from what didn't already exist. Right. And so the other thing that I find a challenge with with this movie is that it's a mixture of tones because of the fact that it's done by two directors. And so there are parts where it feel it feels weird because you can if you watch Man of Steel and you watch BVS and then you come into this movie, you know, kind of the, the feeling that Zack Snyder is trying to go for. And when you see the scenes that you can tell were done by Snyder, you can you can feel the tension. You can feel how it's meant to be kind of more brooding and dark and everything else like that. But then you see these other moments where it's the weed and humor of Flash falling on top of Wonder Woman and trying to get up and pretend like he didn't do it. That's not a Snyder scene. That's that's a Whedon scene. And even some of these Whedon, these other Whedon moments that are meant to try to turn the Justice League into the Avengers. And for better or for worse, that's not what Snyder was going for. And because it hasn't been established up until this point as a general through line through these movies, it comes across it comes across weird. And it does come across like you're trying to copy the Avengers and you're doing a poor job at it. A, a poor job at it on top of the fact that 
you're rushing this Justice League movie, which I think could have worked. However, trying to capture the comedy that worked for the Avengers, which is what Joss Whedon also directed, the original, and doing it for in a movie that hasn't established itself as that type of tone creates this kind of disconnect between what you're seeing from scene to scene. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I definitely feel, felt that. I definitely wrote down that um, it was very kind of Avengers. I was, I was like, I, I felt like there was a lot of parallels between this movie and the Avengers movie. And knowing that Joss Whedon was one of the writers, I could tell what parts were his. Um, mm-hmm. And those were my favorite parts. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I and I figured that's probably why you liked it because like you 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 like the weed and the weed and style, and that's fair. Um, my my argument would just be that I don't think weed and style meshes with Snyder's, and it makes for a very disconnected movie because of it. It's interesting. I personally, I didn't feel disconnected. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's like I said, that's fine. Um, but there are two distinct styles in the film, um, and maybe if you watch it again, like thinking about the fact, because I think it sounds like you thought that it was only different writers, but not two directors, because Zack Snyder does have a directing credit on the movie. But if you watch it again, knowing that there were in fact two directors, it's even easier to see the differences in the scenes. You can almost pick out the points where. Whedon shot something and put it in to fill in the gaps of the stuff that Zack Snyder never got to shoot. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We'll see. I'll, <laughs> I'll try watching it again and see, but I, I honestly, I feel like it's okay to have that kind of mixture because it happens like in a lot. It, it almost felt like, yes, it's a serious movie, but it kind of gets broken up by... Uh, pieces of comedy which I think is fine because then the movie would be like too dark and too somber and then it wouldn't have been uh, as enjoyable in my opinion and that's fair and the only argument I would say is just that um, I just think that the balance needs to be better it's not enough to just put comedy in there without thinking about the rest Um, the comedy still has to has to fit and it sounds like it worked for you and but for me, I would just say that it, unfortunately, it, it didn't. I think it did. I think it just didn't bother me. It's not like mm-hmm. I didn't notice it because I did kind of tell that uh, the the beginning was more so of a different kind of movie, and then more and more towards the end, there would be these moments where, like you know, with the with the magic lasso and. Aquaman right. pouring his heart out. <laughs> that was like, oh, <laughs> I, I forget. I forgot that that sometimes we're gonna have funny moments in this movie because <laughs> they were yeah. they were just uh, uh, talking about how like they were all gonna die. <laughs> right, and you can make the argument that maybe BVS and Man of Steel could have used more more humor. Um, it's just one of those things. Like when you look at the Avengers films. For better or for worse, there is a common through line throughout those films. No matter if you're watching Winter Soldier or like Infinity War or the first Avengers or Captain America, like um, they all have 
they all have similar tones, even though they're different genres of films, if that makes sense. And so it makes it easy to go between them. But if you try to watch Justice League as part of a trilogy, it it's it's it feels out of place. Like from going from Man of Steel to BVS, because Justice League is the third part of a trilogy of films at this point. Um, but yeah, that being said, there are things in here that I do like. I like the idea of Flash being a new hero that has to learn. I love the scene where he's talking to Batman. He's like, yo, bro, I don't do this. Y'all are clearly better at this. I just push people and run away. And then Batman just says, save one. Okay, then what? You'll know. And then he does it and he's like, oh, I get it. And then he just, and then he gets into it. Like, that's cool to me. I, I really like, like stuff like that. So yeah, there, there are things in here where I could be like, yeah, go get them. Yeah, I think for me, there were so many good moments, like when Flash realizes that Superman is just as fast as him. <laughs> and like he the could see don't. like his <laughs> eye moving. And how about that after, uh, after credit scene? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was also clearly a reshoot. <laughs> <laughs> you could see the face on Superman and you could tell that. <laughs> They shot that just to like end the movie on a on a like e- like a fun note. I could honestly, I didn't even notice it until I found out that they that they did it, and then now I can now that I know about it, I I can see it, but only because the attention was drawn there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of this movie for me like could be fixed just by the score alone like i think the score just really bothers me because even when i think about like the end of the movie and how they're showing all the heroes doing their thing and then superman runs and opens his shirt and it's supposed to be like this awesome like punctuation mark on the end of the movie when he flies into the sky and then the credits roll and i remember feeling nothing like i wasn't feeling excited i wasn't feeling pumped i wasn't ready to like see the rest of the like this justice league members like do more things. I wasn't like feeling excited about like the future of the DCEU. It just, I was just like, okay, that happened. And that's a personal thing I'll admit, but it did affect me in my enjoyment of the film overall. It's probably, I think a lot of your, your comments are coming from seeing it as a trilogy and my enjoyment of it is coming from, uh, seeing it as an individual movie even though i knew that there were movies that came before it uh mm-hmm. i just it it wasn't like i needed all that information to understand this movie so i mean not yeah. that i didn't see them i saw them i just forgot everything because i only watched <laughs> these movies once and that was years ago so <laughs> i mean and that's fair. i actually put that in my notes that this movie is probably more enjoyable if you're like coming into it with no prior knowledge of the other movies. Yes. Yes. That's probably why I liked it. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> don't, like, okay. I went into why I didn't like it. Let's take the last of our time to just talk about why you did. Cause everyone, including myself would love to hear like, what were the things that you really just latched onto? I just I loved the introduction. Uh, I really I just felt like that feeling that you get. Same thing with the Avengers, where the characters come in. But I think it was even stronger than the Avengers because you know who everyone is, even though you don't like know who 
they are that much. Like, I, I don't really know much about Cyborg, but I know who he is. And even, <laughs> right. like, Flash, I, I'm i more familiar with Flash now than I was the first time I seen it. So I get mm-hmm. the jokes more because I know his background, but I didn't need to know his background to get what his character was from the right. introductions in this movie. And so since, like, every character has its own time, its own casing for their introduction of them being, like, super badass, I just, like, I just felt so excited, like, getting each introduction at the beginning of the movie. Like, they're all so awesome, they're all here, and even Aquaman, who is, like, notorious for being, like, uh, like a mm-hmm. laughable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mess with Aquaman, bro. Jason don't mess with Aquaman. Don't, don't mess with Aqua, bro. Aqua, bro, will take you out, bro. Uh-uh. No, I, I, I actually. So I agree with you there. Um, I really didn't think that DC needed to do the same thing as Marvel. Marvel's done it already. Great. You want to try to find a way to do it differently. There's nothing wrong. I think with trying to introduce these characters for the first time in a Justice League movie and then branching out from there into their own individual movies. I think that that's a very interesting way to try to do it because it will at least separate you from Marvel. Because no matter what, if you try to just do like the individual Aquaman movie, individual Wonder Woman movie, all leading up to Justice League, then people are going to, they're going to say that you're going to copy Marvel regardless. So whatever. Um, And I do like the fact that they all come in and they come together and that you don't need to know so much about them and you can kind of learn about them at least a little bit, not too much, but while they're going through um, getting to know each other in the movie. And I also will give the movie props on the fact that it's cool to see them working as a team because at the end of the movie, when they are fighting Steppenwolf, I'm literally counting on my hand like, well, Batman can't fight him, Cyborg can't fight him, Flash can't fight him. So you really only can worry about Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. But... Superman's got to save people. Flash's got to save people. Batman's on crowd control, and you have um, and, and you have basically Wonder Woman and what you call it, um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman aggroing aggroing the boss so that Cyborg can do his thing, actually accomplishing the objective. It feels like a video game, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the teamwork in this movie is so awesome. Like they all help each other. And they all, like, all their skills are utilized. Like, each character has their own very specific, unique, and different skill. Be it some of them are shared, like, you know, Wonder Woman and Superman have super strength, and Flash and Superman have super speed. Um, But then Cyborg Mm -hmm. has the tech ability, and Batman has experience, strategy, leadership. And uh, Aquaman is just, he's Jason Momoa. And <laughs> and all of it is used, they all get a highlight throughout the movie to show why they're valuable, why they're unique, and why they contribute so much to the team. Like, why they are all necessary. They're not just regular people. I mean, Batman is. Batman is. Is, but. He's rich. But he's rich, yeah. <laughs> No, but he has, like, he has, it's it's funny because he's the only one who isn't super, but he's the leader. He's the one that, like, got everyone together, and that itself is 
so valuable because without him, there's no movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like Avengers, you have Black Widow and Hawkeye who are are regular agents. They're they're yes, they're mm-hmm. special. They have skills, but they're also just you know people. But right, so it's kind of like Batman collecting all these super powered individuals, but not being super powered himself. Right, but he could still be in the fight. So mm-hmm. he he's up there with them. He can, because he's a regular person, he can be up there with them. Oh yeah. I mean, this dude just stepped to Wonder Woman. Like no no issue. He like, he, I, like even when he's saying this stuff that he's saying, I'm like, yo, bruh, she can snap you in half and she pushes him and he's just like, Yeah, now I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, bruh. I, love how, <laughs> I love how Barry was like, you know if she kills you, we'll have her back. <laughs> And see, that's the thing. I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I, I really, I, I think one of the greatest sadnesses I have in this universe is the fact that I don't get to see him do his own, like, kind of standalone Arkham-esque type movie. And, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think he does a really good job at Bruce Wayne and Batman for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like, I, I just felt like there are a lot of good moments. There are a lot of funny moments um it was no it wasn't a perfect movie but like just all the characters were just so lovable and they're all so like awesome and that's well casted yeah and it's something that i didn't feel like i got from avengers which is but also i'm interesting i am a dc fan i i think dc is greater than marvel i've always felt that way so it I could be biased here <laughs> i mean if we're being honest for me personally marvel's got the x-men they got spider-man and i could take or leave the rest of it okay like dc has a plethora of interesting and unique characters that are outside of just the big three because we're not even getting to the fact that people like martian manhunter and the green lantern weren't even in this film in the first place but all of like these kind of subheroes that you see in Justice League or that like rotating members of the Justice League, like Zatanna and um, Black Canary, The Question, like all these characters are genuinely interesting and fun characters to watch. Oliver Queen, The Green Arrow, you know? So yeah, I, I'm i with you 100% on that, on that point. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, without pointing out particular things that I liked in the movie I all like all I can really say is that I just felt excited while I was I had so much fun watching it I was just excited the whole time because I'm like I love these guys <laughs> and if you can't tell I really like Superman so no, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting so guys what we're gonna do is we're also gonna be releasing a video of us talking about the snyder cut when it comes out so it'll be interesting if when the snyder cut comes out i love the snyder cut and you hate it <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see yeah we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep in mind what it was supposed to be and i'll, and I'll watch the the other movies too to prep for the occasion but yeah, same. The last thing that I wanted to ask you about was, what about that family? Because that the family that was in Russia. I wrote that down, and I was like, "What's with this family? Like this <laughs> random family? I thought they were gonna be really important, and we keep seeing them, but it's just I don't know why it's there." And then I also wrote down that like, like Barry's supposed to go and and like 
run everyone out of there. But apparently mm-hmm. he's too slow and Superman needs to help him and they like don't show Barry rescuing anybody anyone except for else that family <laughs> and then Superman just carries a, a a building and that's it. Like we don't see like did they blow their budget and couldn't afford extras? <laughs> <laughs> See, and that family was a Whedon addition. Um, I remember reading about that. So, like, that wasn't a Snyder thing. That was that was a Whedon thing because, like, you know, I can understand Whedon wants you to feel for these people, but I don't care who they are. They they don't matter. Um, I'm sorry, they don't. But, like, and having Barry just rescue them and not seeing him rescue just others, I actually think it would have been more powerful to see Barry being super fast, rescuing a bunch of different people with his mm-hmm. speed, because that was also the job that Batman gave him. He said, yeah. you are on crowd control, or, like, you're on civilian duty. Get the people out of here. Right, like like in the in the scene when they rescue Cyborg's dad, and mm-hmm. they had all those uh, scientists there, and Barry was running them out, like that. I yeah, thought like that, that. I thought that was gonna happen again. We don't know. We, we don't need to know who they are. Like, yeah, we know the one guy, but he's an important guy. We didn't have to have this family made important so that we could see the, them be rescued. Right. No. Exactly. And that probably comes from a little bit of the problems with the other movies because people were saying that they didn't see enough of Superman, and then in BVS. Um, Superman and Batman and maybe even Wonder Woman saving people and, or interacting with actual people to like actually being heroes. And so I think this movie sought to kind of rectify those critiques and criticisms. Hmm. So, but that's basically it. Uh, we've been, we've been running almost for like about 30 minutes here. Um, I don't have anything else to, to add um, that we need to talk about in this particular video, but is there anything else you want to say? Closing thoughts? Um, no, I, I just want to put out there that we did do an Avengers, uh, episode for it wasn't that good, but we also did an open discussion for Avengers and I would just invite everyone to check those out too while we do Justice League and Justice League. So, So, all right then. Well, we'll go ahead and call it there, but what did you guys think about it? What do you guys think about the Justice League? Are you excited about the Snyder Cut? Whatever you think, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe, even if you don't though, I've been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we will see you guys next time.